0: So take your Bible with me and go to John chapter 13 and let's return. I want to return for a moment anyway to the passage we looked at this morning and then we're going to look at a few other supporting passages tonight and pick up on a theme that we just touched on this morning. John chapter 13 beginning in verse 36 where we we were told this by the Apostle John when he writes, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. So, this morning I called your attention to this text at the close of John 13, where we find Peter questioning where Jesus was going to go and why it was he couldn't go there too, couldn't go with him. And what we saw there was a challenging reminder of what it looks like to trust in your own strength, to depend on your own wisdom, not looking to the Lord for his strength, but but first, depending in, in yourself, depending on your own strength and wisdom, when what you really need is to depend on the Lord's strength and to be able to say, "At the end of life, "All the way, my Savior led me." Essentially, the challenge for Peter was that, at his strongest, he was never as strong as the Lord, at the Lord's weakest if there is any weakness in the Lord, and there is not. The same is true for you and me. At your strongest, you are never as strong as the Lord is at his weakest. So how can you learn to grow in your dependence on the Lord's strength so that rather than being tempted to depend on your own weaknesses, because you are weaker in your, at your strongest, you are weaker than the Lord is in, in his Weakness which there isn't any in the Lord. How can you learn to grow in your dependence on the Lord's strength so that you're being faithful to him, so that you're walking with the Lord so that you you can look back at the end of life and, and sing what we just sang with a cheerful heart. I, I shared one verse of a passage this morning that points to where we must begin. I want you to turn with me to First Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10, Paul gives a warning to flee idolatry in 1 Corinthians 10. And you might wonder, what does fleeing idolatry have to do with depending on the Lord? Well, quite a bit, of course. You may not have any carved idols in your home that you worship. I hope you don't. But it's still possible for you to be guilty of idolatry. And here's one way you could be guilty of idolatry. Peter was doing it. You could be guilty of trusting your own wisdom over God's wisdom. He was questioning Jesus. He was questioning the Lord. You could be guilty of that, trusting more in what you can do in your strength rather than trusting in God's strength, anything that takes The place of God in your life is idolatry, even trusting in yourself before trusting in God. So look at 1 Corinthians 10, beginning at verse 1, and what Paul writes, For I want you to know, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. And verse 6 says, Now these things took place as examples for us, that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 of them fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents nor grumble as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Verse 11, Now these things appeared to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, He will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Now, in the midst of that passage, which I just read, that warns us to flee idolatry, it's very clear that that's, that's the message, flee idolatry, the warning in verse 12 stands out. Lest we think we're better than those who've gone before us, unless we say or think as we observe the sinful actions of other people, I'd never do that. Or, I could never fall for that. This is the important warning in verse 12. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands, take heed lest he fall. Be careful lest you fall. I'm reminded of uh, something very early on uh, when uh, Carolyn and I, uh, before we had children for a for a a brief time, we worked with a ministry that was kind of hidden away, not in public view, not advertised, but they counseled people who came out of cults and they would bring them to the residence in which we lived and Carolyn fixed meals, and I kind of watched over and and uh provided a measure of security for them because some of them were coming out of very difficult situations, very dangerous situations. Uh, some of them, their uh, their families would, would have to kind of sneak them away from these cults and bring them to the ministry to be counseled for a week or so to help deprogram them from the falsehoods that they had been believing in. What was shocking to us was how well educated most of these people were i was i I said i I wasn't even a college graduate at the time and uh, i looked at these people and i thought my word they're they're supposed to be smarter than i am and they're involved in a cult Uh, how does that happen how could you be so deceived as to get caught and and i would look at that and think that could never happen (laughs) happen to me I i don't want that to happen to me but I, but I need to learn, and, and we need to learn from passages like this one, to be careful that we say, I would never do that. I could never fall for that. Oh, yes, we could. That's why we need God's Word. That's why we need to say, stay close to the truth of God's Word. That's why we need Bible-preaching churches who stay close to the truth of God's Word. Just look at the culture that we live in, and you'll see example after example where so-called Christians and and churches, so-called churches, have gone off the rails theologically because they haven't stayed close to the truth of God's Word. That could be us. Five years, and ten years, and twenty years, we could be Chardon Baptist Church that has nothing to do with the Bible if we're not on guard. That could be us in our Private lives as individuals. So in the midst of this passage that warns us to flee idolatry, we have that stern, that that kind of a resting warning. Therefore, lest any let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. Be careful lest you fall. Pay attention to your life and your need for strength. For the strength of the Lord, not your strength, but His strength at work in you, as you trust in His Word and you take steps to obey His promises and obey His commands, and you live in the fear of the Lord and you live in in, in love for the Lord out of what He has done for you and finished for you through Christ at Calvary. Be careful lest you fall. Pay attention to your life and your need for for the strength of the Lord to guide you and help you lest you're tempted to think that you are invulnerable. None of us are invulnerable. David McCaslin writes this about a computer system that its engineers thought was highly protected and invulnerable to attack. He says, A man whose company provides data security for military space operations told me how vulnerable computers are to outside attack. During a training exercise, hackers shut down a highly protected system without stealing a password or cracking a code. They simply accessed the unsecured maintenance program for the building that housed the computers and turned off the air conditioning. When the computer room became too hot, the system automatically shut down. And like that supposedly invulnerable computer system... Every believer is vulnerable to the temptation of relying on his or her own own strength and wisdom instead of trusting in the Lord at all times. So I want to give you three helpful steps which God's Word gives us, God's Word instructs us with to help teach us to depend on the Lord in every area of our lives. First of all, the Bible shows you that you need to grow in your humble awareness of your own weakness. You need to grow in humble awareness of your own weakness. Over the years, uh, Carolyn and I have had opportunity to, to try to counsel and encourage people, and, and sometimes people just will not. They almost refuse to be helped. Because they know it all. And they know everything. And they say, yeah, but. And you take them back to the Scripture and they say, yeah, but. I know that, but. Stop telling me that. I know that. That doesn't work, but give me something. that, I, I, And we can only say we have the Word. I can only bring you back to the Scriptures to give you answers for life. And and there are answers here. If you'll obey them, God will do a work. If you will obey them, He will change you from the inside out he will strengthen you he will give you wisdom he may not swoop down and and totally fix the situation that you're in with with this relationship but he will help you he will strengthen you to obey him he will strengthen you to take the next step in your life for Christ we each need to grow in our in a humble awareness of our own weakness that humble awareness begins when you recognize your own need of a savior. <clears throat> when you first come to Christ, what did you have to do to trust in Christ? You had to realize you needed him. <laughs> you had to realize, "Oh, I'm a sinner." "Oh no. I, I, I can't save myself. I can't forgive myself." None is righteous, no not one, says Romans 3:10. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, says Romans 6:23. So that, that growth in humble awareness of your own weakness, it begins with recognizing your need of a Savior. And that awareness grows by taking to heart, taking personally warnings like 1 Corinthians ten twelve. Therefore let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. God's Word is so good. You also have the warning of Proverbs sixteen eighteen. This applies to each of us. Uh, this could be any of us. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Now, we're so familiar with that passage that we, we kind of sling it around sometimes, you know, jokingly. Huh, pride goes before a fall. But we need to realize we're vulnerable and we can fall. Proverbs 28 and verse 14 says, Blessed is the one who fears the Lord always, but whoever hardens his heart will fall into calamity. Those are real choices you make. And you can choose to fear the Lord, humbling yourself before Him, admitting your need and weakness without Him, and blessing is yours. God will help you and bless you and encourage you and strengthen you even in the midst of hardship and difficulty. Or you can harden your heart against the Lord and you can choose to refuse to admit your need of Him. And what will follow if you turn from the fear of the Lord, if you turn from trusting His promises? At the very least, discontentment. Heartache. Will follow. I think I said this morning, there were times in my life when I said, I will never do that. You know that I've joked, well, I said one of those things I said I would never do was be a pastor. You know what happened to me when I would would say, I'll never do, in effect, I was saying, in that way, I will not serve the Lord. Discontentment, grief. Sorrow, drifting drifting from the Lord in my spiritual life. How sad, how difficult. That could be any of us. At the very least, discontentment will come if you choose to harden your heart against following God's wisdom and realizing that you are weak and that you need His strength. Proverbs 16, 18, I just read it. Let me remind it. Remind you of it again. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 11.2 says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. Proverbs 16.5 says even more powerfully, everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured, He will not go unpunished. So step one to learning to depend on the Lord And not simply trying to depend on your own strength is admitting your need of God's strength and admitting that on your own you are weak and you are headed for trouble without Him. Now here's step two to depending on the Lord in every area of your life. The Bible shows you that you need to grow in your constant dependence on the One who is your strength. You need to grow in your constant dependence in the one who is your strength. So recognize your own weaknesses and then acknowledge your constant dependence on Christ, your constant need to depend on Christ. And devote yourself to depending on the Lord. That will remind you, oh, I need the Word. I need to get back to the Word today. And I need to humble myself before Him and, and be obedient to the Word. If you're still in 1 First, uh, First Corinthians 10, look at it again. Uh, we didn't stop reading at verse 12. Look at uh, what we find in verse 13 again. There's some powerful encouragement here. Because we, we have this challenge. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall in verse 12. But then we have this wonderful encouragement in verse 13. And I find this very encouraging. I hope you do too. Verse 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, He will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Praise God for that. Joe Stoll, former president of Moody Bible Institute and now president of Cornerstone University in Grand Rapids, Michigan, writes, While in London recently, I decided to take the underground train to my destination, so I paid my fare and descended into the depths of London to catch my train. But getting out of the station can be a scary experience for someone who is unfamiliar with the system. If you don't find the exit, you can quickly get lost in the tunnels. Being alone in a sparsely populated underground tunnel is an unsettling feeling. So believe me, you don't want to get lost. Needless to say, I was glad when I spotted the sign that says, Way Out, and followed it to safely safety. There's a hear hear this, believers. There's a way out of being tempted to depend on your own strength and wisdom. There's a way out when you're tempted to rely on yourself instead of turning to the Lord and turning to his promises. You are not alone either. God is faithful. How is God faithful? We just read it. He will provide for you in the midst of your trials. He will strengthen you in the midst of your temptation if you will depend on his promises, if you will trust in his word, and if you will take steps to obey that word. He will not try you beyond what you can bear if you will depend on his strength, if you will depend on his wisdom. But that is often where we have a problem. When we face a severe trial, what do we often say at first? We say, Oh no, I can't possibly bear this problem. There's no way out, is what Satan wants you to believe. And you can feel that way because you're thinking about your own strength. And I guess that's not a bad way to feel if you feel like there's no way out when you're thinking about your own strength. Because there is no way out when you're thinking about your own strength. Not too bad to feel that way. If you're quick to next, remind yourself of this truth, that God is faithful, and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation He will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it endure it. So go ahead and feel overwhelmed by your trial, but just for a moment. Just long enough to get your bearings and say, wait! I have God's Word. I have His Spirit. I have His promise. And He's going to provide a way of escape for me if I will honor Him in this situation. And when you feel overwhelmed, remember to return to the truth and to the promises of God's Word and seek to grow in your dependence on the one who is your strength. And when you depend on yourself and on your limited wisdom and try to make your own way out, you will only find failure and trouble, discontentment, dissatisfaction, and grief, sorrow, and even loss. So let the Word teach you to grow in your constant dependence on the One who is your strength. Now, step three. Step three to learning to depend on the Lord. Not trusting in your own strength. Not trusting in your own wisdom. Realizing that you are weak. Step three involves prayer. You know, the Bible will teach you. The Bible will teach you to pray. The Bible will teach you that You will be well prepared for the day by going to God each morning to ask for His strength. That's number three. You will be well prepared for the day by going to God each morning to ask for His strength. Start each day by asking for God's wisdom. Right after that, open your Bible. And read God's Word. Because that's where God gives you His wisdom take the truth with you into your day after you've asked the Lord for his wisdom and then submitted yourself and humbled yourself before his word. This is so important. So important that you begin your day this way. Seek the Lord's strength in his word and ask for his strength in prayer because he promises to answer the prayer of the one who asks for wisdom. Isn't that great? To know that God promises, I will answer this prayer. I love to give wisdom to those who humbly seek it and will follow it. So important. Because at your strongest you are never as strong as the Lord is at his weakest. Paul is a great example of the proper attitude. One that cries out to God for relief from suffering, but also for God's strength. It's not wrong It's not sinful to say, "God, relieve this, relieve me of this, or take this problem from me or this pain from me or this difficulty, but if you don't choose to take it from me, this is what we ought to pray. Give me grace to endure." Turn to Second Corinthians 12, where we find Paul speaking about the, the great visions God had allowed him to see of heaven. Second Corinthians 12. Paul is a great example of the proper attitude, one that cries out to God for relief from suffering, but also for God's strength. When he writes, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 1, I must go on boasting. Though there is nothing to be gained by it, I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise, whether in the body or out of the body. I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. Let me pause right there for a second. And by the way, verse 4 is a very good reason to be wary of those who, who write a book after saying they've been to heaven. They've come back to tell you about it. Be wary of that. Men and women and children who, who say they've experienced that and they've come back to tell you because if God wanted you to know more about heaven than what he's already revealed in his word, then he would have let Paul talk about it. He would have let Paul talk about what was seen in heaven here, but he doesn't. Now let's continue with verse 5. On behalf of this man I will boast, but on my own behalf I will not boast except of my Weaknesses. Get that. Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. Verse 7, so to keep me from becoming conceited, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations... A thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. You see, even Paul pleaded for relief. And verse 9, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect, in weakness, So the grace of God is all sufficient to help carry you through your deepest and darkest troubles. Don't ever forget that. That's what the Lord was teaching Paul in response to his prayers for relief. That the grace of God is all sufficient to help carry you with the Lord's strength and none of yours, with the Lord's wisdom and none of yours through your deepest and darkest troubles. God's power is shown complete in your complete weakness to solve your own problems. God's power is shown complete in your lack of wisdom to work your way out of your own difficulties, without His help. So as you depend on the Lord's help and strength, you can say with Paul every day, continuing in verses 9 and 10, look at it, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am humbled before the Lord and I am aware of my weaknesses, says Paul, then I realize where my real strength lies, and it lies in my Lord, it lies in my obedience to his promises. Weak in yourself, strong in the Lord, and in the strength of His might. That's where you need to be. That's where I need to be. That's where we need to live ourselves. Not depending on ourselves, not not depending on our our own wisdom. It doesn't mean that we do nothing. We must obey the Lord. That's what we're to do. We're to go to the Word and honor the Lord with our obedience. Learning to be weak in ourselves and strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. And we ought to praise God for His Word that helps us learn those lessons.